hashtag very Asian, and we should play a drinking game as to how many times we say that today. For our, maybe for the <laughs> listeners, for our listeners today, they, that's what say. <laughs> Welcome to the worst Asian podcast, where a couple Asian American millennials give you our shitty opinions on all things Asian. My name is Linji. I'm here with my co-host Ben. How you doing today, Ben? I'm good. I'm good, dude. I'm very well. I missed you. It's I missed been a minute. I missed you too. What? Not really. Oh, of course. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I thought I had something there. Are you excited, Ben? I'm personally very excited. Today, joining us on the podcast, we have a, a very special guest. Mm. What should I say? Very Asian guest. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Is that too cheesy? Is that low hanging fruit? Nah, I don't think so. I think <laughs> I think it's appropriate for this moment, this time. Anyways, I am indeed very excited. Our mm -hmm. guest today is very special, and yes, is very Asian. She is our favorite news anchor. Yes, lover of dumplings. Yes, and of course, oh, queen of the hashtag Very Asian movement. Mm -hmm. Let's welcome Michelle Lee. Woo! Oh my gosh! Wow, that is so nice. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here on the, I should say, the best worst Asian podcast. Best oh. worst Asian podcast. <laughs> we will take that. We will yes. definitely rebrand. <laughs> Michelle, as a fellow parent, I have a rejuvenated love affair with time. So I really <laughs> want to thank you for sacrificing some of your time to be here with us today. Yes. Thank you oh so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Well, you know how hard it is. And our kids are the same age. So Yes. They're both three years old. They are wild. <laughs> <laughs> wild is the pg version of how to describe it oh my gosh three nagers is a real thing i didn't i mean everyone said that three was worse you know than two terrible twos i didn't really believe it but now we're like you know midway into the threes and i'm like oh my gosh we're on almost the same point in, in that roller coaster you and i yeah well if okay so here's the thing if i'm not paying attention to my son he'll be like mama and then he'll just take stuff off the table with one swoop just oh. and start throwing things and i'm like dude oh. chill. <laughs> no, please. Like, starving for dude. attention there he's like the, i know he's like a drunk dude at the bar i need another drink hurry up yeah, and he's exactly. trying to get a bartender's attention yeah. oh yeah and now he starts doing mama did you hear me i want ice cream oh my god <laughs> i'm like who is raising you it's insane in my house. It's really crazy. Oh, man. Um, just to backtrack for a sec, I would say 99% of our listeners know who you are and know what you're about. Yes. But just in case for the very select few that have been hiding under a rock yep. or maybe doing a digital detox for Word. the past two months, can you quickly describe what happened to you and the infamous voicemail? Oh, yeah. You know, it's so weird. Now I describe it and it's um, like talking about somebody else because it feels so long ago. Um, I So I'm a news anchor in St. Louis and I was working on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, everybody and, you know, everybody and their dog has this thing where they um, talk about the foods that Americans eat for New Year's. And it just so happened that that day... I said something, like I read the script beforehand, because you're supposed to pre-read the show, you know, before you go on. And I, and actually, you're supposed to contribute, too. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. That's so terrible. Very important. I like that. You're supposed oh, yeah. to do your oh, job. Oh, man. That sounded so awful. 
I'm sorry. No, that was no, good. Shoot. Well, I do contribute. Um, but anyway, you know, you're supposed to like so a producer writes the whole show. They they you know build it or stack it or whatever, and they keep us on time. And then you know I contribute with my own stories. They always say that the anchors are the last line of defense, basically, because you can, you know, a producer can write something, but it's coming out of my mouth. So I just want to make sure that everything's right or whatever. So there was one story that I don't want to say it's a throwaway story, but it's 20 seconds. (laughs) This is what Americans eat on New Year's Day. And it was like I was reading and it was like cornbread, like cornbread symbolizes gold and pork is for progress and greens are for wealth, you know? Okay. And so it's basically all wealth. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. And I literally had looked through my Instagram feed earlier that day and saw all my friends eating dukguk and like I had dukguk, which is a Korean rice cake soup. Very delicious. Very traditional. Very traditional. And, you know, and playing like, uh, you know, all the the games and stuff like the Korean games. So I was just thinking like, wait a minute, though, like who really eats this stuff? Like who really sits there and is like, I need greens for New Year's. (laughs) I didn't say it that way. But, you know, so I just said, hey, can I add a line? I realized in telling retelling the story, some people think that that was asking for permission. It was not. It was more so like just don't advance to the next story, yeah, like, because I want this time. And so, she, and so the producer was like, "Yeah, sure." And then when I told her, because you know I'm going to add like this thing about like um, Asian Asian stuff, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that's great." <laughs> so I mean, it wasn't great enough to like add a new full screen, you know? Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. Like, right. Eventually, I just said, "Oh, I had dumpling soup for." New Year's, because that's what a lot of Korean people do. I didn't say mandu. I didn't say dokguk. I didn't even say rice cake. You know, like, I just said dumplings. Straight right. up dumplings. Yeah. Which I really thought, like, oh, I'm going to get my Korean card taken away from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, can you imagine if I would have said, like, dokguk? Like, this... Yeah. Lots of people have been very confused. Like, You're being selective about, like, how to word this properly. I, I like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Right away, I actually had two, like just two, just two comments that were like, oh, thank you so much for saying that because our youth sees that. That was on Twitter. And then on Instagram, I mean, on Facebook, someone wrote, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because my wife was born in Korea and our daughter's making that soup for the very first time. Oh. So here I was, I was like, oh man, like this throwaway story became like this inclusive moment, like 20 seconds. Who's even paying attention? You know, like also who's watching the news on New Year's Day? (laughs) I appreciate it. That's true too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, most people are still hungover. You know, like I'm just, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for watching. I knew that. So I was like, oh, so I'm going to post this on Instagram because I think this is like really cool that, Mm -hmm. that this throwaway story was something. But then, um, like a couple hours later, I was sitting at my desk and my assignment editor was like WTAF and sent this voicemail to me because we all get it through emails now, you know. I listened to it and I was like, what? I like couldn't believe it because this woman said she was offended because if a white person talked about, if a white anchor talked about what white people ate on New Year's Day, they would get fired. And that I was just being very Asian and I needed to keep my Korean to myself. And it was annoying. She said, it was just annoying. So, and so, and then she ended it with like, so just talk about what white people eat. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Bye. (laughs) And well, and the thing that surprised me the most was how young she sounded. Like I would expect that kind of voicemail. Honestly, I would expect that kind of voicemail from someone maybe who was in the boomer category. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
but she sounded like she could be my age, you know? And so I was like, whoa, that's, wow. So I recorded myself listening to it and then I uploaded it to uh, Instagram and then Twitter. And then I, like around 9.30 or something, I went out to the set to like just kind of get ready and all those things um, for the 10 o'clock news. And it just really hit me. Like my my friend, who's also the meteorologist, his name's Jim Castillo. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I just started like breaking down. I was like, not really. Oh, like oh, I shit. just yeah. Because at first, you know, you go through like this wave of feelings. Like you're right. like shocked. You're not sure how to feel. Yeah, you're shocked. You're like, it's laughable, you know. And then suddenly you're like, holy moly, like this is really actually kind of depressing. Right. So anyway, I actually didn't know if I was going to, I don't get like this very often, but I didn't know if I was going to make it to the 10 because I was like. Oh, wow. Just really like, just really down about it. It was just clouding your mind the whole time pretty much. Mm -hmm. Well, because um, there are lots of different things. Like we moved, we made them. I grew up in Missouri, but I hadn't been in Missouri for a long time. And so, um, and not that any other place is better by any means, but like living in Seattle, living on the West Coast was just kind of a different vibe, you know, with, especially in the API community. Granted, there's racism there too. And people were getting actually beaten up on a consistent Mm -hmm, basis because they're just more Asian people, you know. So it happens everywhere. But like um, Missouri has been a transition for me because it was like, okay, once you come home, you're home forever. Um, and my, I came home during the pandemic because there were a lot of changes in my life. Like my, the show that I was anchoring was put on hiatus during the pandemic. We lost our daycare. Um, my mom died suddenly. And when my oh, mom died suddenly, so it was like, we got to get home. Oh, thank you. But we were like, we got to get home. Like, what are we doing out here? Right, you know, yeah, like yeah, we love yeah. Seattle, but it's time to come home. So I was just like, man, is this going to be my life like in Missouri? Like, is this, is this just it? Like now I'm going to be othered a lot, you know? And like, and then is my son who's, you know, mixed race. Is he going to be, is, what kind of experience is he going to have? I just started feeling like all these things and then did my newscast and went home. And my, my husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, not really. <laughs> you know? right. And then overnight it went viral. I woke yeah. up and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what happened? So that's a long way of tell. That's a long description of what happened. Sorry about that. That's no, no, no worries. No worries. First of all, moms are the best. So you know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I saw your video. We saw your video, and I was like, man, we need to give Michelle a hug. <laughs> like, that does. That sucks. I'm gonna take it. Yeah, that sucks. Well, because you know your mom. Well, I mean, the relationship that I had when my mom, when I would say something like, "I think this person was being racist," my mom would be like, "Hell yeah, they were. Let's go kick their ass." You know, I mean, <laughs> not really, but like that's that was her. That was the mentality she right. had. Yeah, and she's the only person like that. Like my husband has come around to that, right? But like you know, a lot of times, like my maybe my family members would be like. Well, do you think he really meant that? I'm sure that that was just not the issue, you know. But my mom was like ready. She was fisticuffs like right away. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, like, like, you know? she's, like, she's like, where does she live? We're gonna go right now. Let's where go to a block. Yeah. And see, and that's the kind of, I mean, because it's just nice to like have your mom 100 trust you, and even if you were wrong, you know, definitely, like, just to be definitely. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get this right. So it was hard to like come home and be like, well, who's gonna? I mean, my husband was there, you of know. Course, but yes. I mean, it's just like you miss your mom and. All that stuff. It just started feeling really heavy for some reason. No, definitely. COVID does that. COVID, once it happened, you start thinking like, what's really important and what do I need to focus more on? So we totally totally understand that. Yeah. I guess also, has your mindset or like your feelings changed from like then until now? Yeah. I mean, 
lots of things have changed. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> there's a part of me that feels like, okay, Michelle, you need to chill because also you didn't get hurt. Like there are people who are really getting hurt every that's day, oh, getting yeah, murdered. You know, like. But I do think that there is a um, the, there's also this like invisible thread that we all you know can relate to that we have all been othered or mm, um, 100%. None of us have gone unscathed. I'm sure of it, you know, to where people have said stuff where you're like, what the hell? You know, like what? So to me, it's like, um, there's a connection there that we, that we all know and we can all relate to, um, and probably have all experienced. Agreed. Yeah. I hope I'm never in ex- I hope I never experience in a, like an actual, you know, beating in my adult life. Physical hate crime. Um, yeah. So. Can I ask, have you reached out to that particular person that left you the voicemail? Oh, yeah, I did. So oh, the you night did? before, mm-hmm, the night before we did the commentary or before I did the thing, I reached out to her and I voicemail and I just said, there's no shame. I just want to know if you want to talk because, you know, we're going to do this commentary and um, I'd love to speak to you. I didn't think she would call back, but she called back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she called back right away. I mean, not right away. She called back and right away <laughs> apologized. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And she said, she said, I'm sorry. Um, that was me. Okay. And um, I never meant to hurt you. But then I was like, but those words were kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I just told <laughs> my head just now. I was like, wait. wait uh. um, this is this is where it gets kind of messy, and this is where I just kind of leave it as um, she accept she apologized. I accepted. We're moving on without her. Race is complicated. We all have like levels of scar tissue and experiences, and you know we're not going to get everything solved in one conversation. Of course not. I we did say that we would meet again when it's COVID safe, but like I. You know, it's it's weird because it's like not my job to make people an anti-racist. That's true. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, we all have work to do. Like there are lots of, you know, lots of things about culture and race that I don't know. And I just want to be empathetic and on the right side of it and corrective, you know. So um, no one's perfect and no one goes unscathed. And I do think that I want to give her grace. And I also want her to be um, safe. Like I don't want her to be you know, out in the world, afraid to speak. Someone might notice who she is or someone, you know, it's not worth it to me. It was a, it's, it's just like a, like, I feel like I benefited so much from it. You know, it was a gift. And not only that, but like our community, you know, and our friends were like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible, but let's show our pride. Let's show our pictures. And then in solidarity, so many solidarity posts. So I felt like it was a real gift. Granted, I don't want to be her best friend. Right, <laughs> right. I, I don't want to hang out with her on Sunday brunch. I was actually thinking about that, yeah. Hopefully this kind of moment can bring people closer. Yeah, yeah for sure. It was really amazing how you had like a lot of humility and grace handling mm. the whole thing. This is what we need. We need to love and forgive. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's... Cool. I think very often our first reflex, especially as Asian Americans, when we have things like this happen directly right. to us or when we see this happening in media... Right. At least my first gut reaction is to get very angry right. and very confrontational. But yeah. being a parent, I think that changes my mindset. Pump the brakes, 
think about it again. How can we turn a very negative, shitty experience into potentially a learning experience? Right. And then, you know, yeah. hopefully pass those lessons on to our kids so that hopefully the next generation can be more understanding and empathetic of others. And maybe yeah. moving forward, this could be a thing where we can laugh five, 10 years like, oh my God, remember how silly that was? Now everyone's the best of friends and stuff. That would be know? the dream. Yeah. That would be the dream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely think that in my, you know, I think that you do so much better when you build bridges mm. and you have, and you can kind of come forward with actionable change. You know, it doesn't mean that I didn't like for a minute want to kick her shins and tell her to go <laughs> pound sand. It just meant like. She's like, yeah, Michelle's like, yo, hold my, hold my earrings. Hold my earrings. I'm taking I'm them off. Kick you. Yeah, yeah, she's taking yeah. off her rings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it just means like when you get to a point after the anger, then what's the actual, um, what's the harm and what's the lesson, you know, because, you know, yeah, you think about, especially as a parent, you think of like what all the things that your kid will experience and all the, and all the wrath that your kid will put out in the world too. I mean, kids are trying on different things at different ages and you just have to steer them in the right direction. Adults are doing that too. And you can't have progress without pain. You know, all those things. I really believe in it. It's it's weird because you want to be seen. And then at the same time, I want to be unseen. I don't want to always be seen as this other person, you know. I don't think I am all the time. But that's how that made me feel, you know. Uh, that's so true, too. Like, you're now thrust in this position, whether you like it or not, to kind of be, as I was joking before, the queen of this hashtag very Asian <laughs> movement, right? Yeah. For lack of a better word, I'm just going to say movement. But mm-hmm. the past couple of years with all the shit that's been happening was a very, uh, I don't want to phrase it, like a very... It's, it was defensive. Yeah, perfect. See? That's why you're the news anchor. <laughs> using using her words. We need, we need Michelle's words. <laughs> Stop Asian Hate was a very defensive vibe that it gave off. But more recently with what you're doing, it feels much more positive. Instead of being angry oh, yeah, at something okay. negative that's happening to us or trying to be, as you said, more defensive about it, let's be very Asian. Let's be more embracing of what we are. Yeah. Yeah. We're very proud of having you as like the ambassador. Whether you like it or not, yeah, you've, sorry. Been, sorry. you've been thrust in that position. Sorry, sorry Michelle. Sorry. Oh my gosh. It's a lot of pressure. It I, is, I, right? I can imagine. Because, because I, I feel like I don't want to let anybody down. So we're like, you know, we have this foundation now. So with the foundation, did you know that? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> sorry, I should, I because I don't know how much people know and I forget like how much I, I share. So we have a foundation now. Um, after going on Ellen, she gave us this money. And so we have this foundation. We've got like, you know, a, a very small board so that we can get organized. You know, if we had the bigger the board right now, it would be like problematic in terms of like getting shit done. You know, so it's like, <laughs> you know, you've got to have like a small board so you can be like, can, can we decide on this logo? Can we decide on this website? Okay, right. boom, boom, boom. But like, I have talked to so many people about actionable change. And I have always thought these things. And I'm sure you have always thought like about certain things. Right. But it's like, how do you like get people to mobilize? And then what if you make a misstep? Yeah, there's so much to consider. Yeah. And I don't want to disappoint anybody. Like, are we not moving fast enough? Are we moving too fast? How much up to speed do I need to get on X, Y, and Z issues? You know, like one of my friends asked me to share something the other day, but it was pretty like, um, it was pretty critical of like the government. And I just was like, oh, I just don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry, girl, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> That's so true now because you're now in the spotlight for better or worse. And you have to really think hard about everything that you say. 
Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, I still have a day job. So I have to keep in my day job lane exactly. and I have to keep in the in the foundation lane. And they can't, they will cross. It's, you know, of course they're, they're going to cross in some ways, but I really need to be credible to keep my job because I need my benefits. <laughs> I, need my, <laughs> I need my insurance. Uh, I need my pension. <laughs> we don't have universal health care here in the U.S. for our international yeah. listeners. Yeah, for our international. <laughs> Very important. Health insurance is not good. I was on the health exchange for a brief time, and that was not enjoyable for me, so I would really like to keep my benefits. <laughs> All right, there you go. You know, so... So it's it's things to navigate, and I you know I don't have all the answers six weeks out from this incident, so that's not, the yeah. thing. But like, do I think that people shouldn't be deported? Absolutely, yep. you know, for X, Y, and Z. But I can't like, but but when your post says something like, you know, screw the government, I'm like, but like I do think that there are. It's interesting because I did have a conversation with another organization that you may know. Um, we are donating money to stop AAPI hate right now. Yep. Hey. And um, I think it's great because you have to, without safety, you can't have anything, right? Agreed. And really, they're good about data collect uh, data collection. But the other things that you might not know about stop AAPI hate, for example, is that they are about actionable change. They're about equity in education. They're about... Um, language access and getting communities um, to provide that for people who call 911 or who need translation services and I are really victims. Like they have a youth program. They have all these things happening because ultimately, even when we see very sad incidents in the news, which we have, continuing to amplify that also perpetuates issues. And I mean, I've I amplify those too, but it's the idea of where's the change? We need to get the change, you know? So sometimes um, sharing those horrific videos or um, like we need people to know, but at the same time, some of that seems like clickbait, right? right? That's true too, yeah. And so we need people to get on board without just sharing the violence, but sharing the change. Where What's the action happening in New York? What's the action happening in San Francisco? Um, how do we get people to have uh, more access to like their government? For example, if you talk to Stop at API Hate, they'll tell you that most of their data and most of the reports that are coming in are not actually hate crimes, but they are serious assaults. Oh. So what that tells them is that when someone calls 911 and they don't get the language access that they need, that that can also present more trauma in their lives, kind of like PTSD. Right, because they're asking for help and they're reaching out, but they're having yeah. a hard time accessing that right. help. Right, and that doesn't that doesn't take away from elders or women or other people getting hurt and attacked and worse. I mean, that's not that's not what they're saying, but they're just saying there's also this whole majority of people who are making these reports and they don't fit into those kind of headline grabbing incidents that we see. So what kind of actionable change can we help uh, our to, for our community? And the equity in education thing, I mean, that goes without saying, not only are, not only is Asian American history invisible, it also, because it's invisible in schools, it's basically saying that we're irrelevant as people. And then when we do talk about Asian American history, we talk about it from a standpoint of injustice. So the Exclusion Act or the internment, which is important. Mm. Yes. Absolutely important. But what are our contributions to society? Mm. What are things that we can celebrate? You know, when we talk about hashtag Asian joy or being very Asian, what are things that we can point to that we can celebrate? 
it's very hard because people don't realize how much there is to actually how much there is factor in when you're actually trying to quote unquote stop Asian hate. Right. Mm-hmm. Educating people from an early basis and, and having them grow up in an environment where they can just be themselves. I think that in itself can maybe make more lasting changes because when we ever, whenever we see it, it's more from a very confrontational standpoint. Right. You get the, on the defensive. Well, yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes sense. But hashtag very Asian and we should play a drinking game as to how many times we say that today for our, maybe for the <laughs> listeners for our listeners today they, that's it say, Yo, how many shots of soldier are you gonna but do it is very very <laughs> it is very very positive and I was thinking about this before I'm not sure if you can resonate with this Michelle but sometimes Ben and I feel very hashtag not Asian oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd like hashtag every day <laughs> yeah <laughs> And what I mean by that is I'm 100% Chinese. Ben is 100% Korean. Yeah. Both our parents only speak their respective languages at home. (laughs) And we have a very inclusive culture at home. And even with that as a foundation, we still have a very hard time struggling to connect on a deeper level with our own cultures. And some of the crap that's happened the past couple of years and your movement more recently has kind of made me at the very least reevaluate things and say, damn, I need to get my act together. Kind of like embrace my Mm -hmm. culture a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that necessarily means running out there and screaming Asian pride (laughs) in everyone's face. I'm Chinese. Right. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't think it's necessarily about that. It could be about that. You could do that if you want. But I think it's more about just not being embarrassed about your heritage. Right. And not hiding it just to conform to societal norms and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's why it's, it's interesting because... That's where I think there's also this commonality between someone like me, who's a transracial adoptee, and someone like you, who has, you know, parents who can bring an inclusive, inclusive culture into your lives, right? Because we still grew up feeling maybe not tied to, to that. Or maybe we did, but in different ways. Or maybe, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I have brought culture into my life, it's been very intentional. And I think that no matter where we are, I mean, all my friends who are my age who grew up with, you know, I mean, I grew up with white parents. There are a lot of people who did not grow up with white parents. And so, and they still feel like they have to make this effort to kind of include culture into their lives. You know, it doesn't matter if they spoke a language, a different language when they were at home. It's just this idea of, of, of making that effort and then also feeling like, um, kind of not stuck between two cultures by any means, but sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to make that definition for people, but it does feel like, you know, okay, well, who am I? What am I? Do I fit in here? Do I not fit in here? You know, we all are kind of having that same experience because when I walk out the door, people don't go, oh, you're Charles and Sharon's daughter. You know, right. they go, oh, you're a nation person and I want to not serve you today. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's actually my dad always tells me all the time. He's like, son, in your heart of hearts, I know you think you're an American. You love the Yankees, you know, like <laughs> you love eating pizza and stuff. I get it. But son, when they see your face, they don't see that. So yeah. just remember, I was like, damn, you're right. You know, there's some things you just can't change sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's true. Going back on the foundation thing for a second, because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't want to forget. Yeah. To our listeners out there, I will post all the um, information down in the description box below, but they can go to very-asian.com. Yes, we are in the process of getting another website, but I'm sure that one will be redirected because we need a .org. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we just we just kind of threw everything up on, you know, like on... <laughs> On the interwebs as fast as, as we could. As fast as you could, yeah. So, um, but yes, 
very slat, very dash. I think the main question is who the hell took veryasian.com and how do we find that person? <laughs> Yo, for, without the dash. Yeah, no kidding. Right? For real, you're right. If you own the domain, <laughs> please reach out to us and then we'll put you in contact. We're not going to beat you up. <laughs> We're not going to give you a lot of money either, but. <laughs> probably only cost 15 bucks give it back <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you 16 dollars for it right now <laughs> yeah i don't yeah that's a very good thing i don't know why i don't know who has that i don't think anybody i don't think it's an actual website because i went to it i remember and it oh, was like so one someone of just has the domain but they're not doing they're anything with it. it that's even they're worse just sitting on it that's <laughs> even worse that's so much worse um, uh, so to our listeners out there who want to get involved with your foundation how yeah. can how can they do so well, um, there are little... <laughs> Sh- <laughs> there, we love volunteers right now. Um, I would love to get to a point where we can like do other things, but we have, we need volunteers for like a lot of different things. So a lot of people have reached out, like for instance, one woman who uh, made some art for Ooh. us oh. is actually doing our logo. And I think that that's really cool. Then we've got um, a couple of students who want to do our social media. So I'm oh. like, yes, you can do TikTok because I can't do TikTok. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's perfect. She's like, yes. Every time I try to do something on TikTok, I look so stupid. I just can't. <laughs> there are so many times when I've tried to like lip sync, you know, like the... Oh, yeah. Like, it's, do you realize how much time is lost by watching people just lip sync yeah. other things? I have a friend like that. I have someone like that. Yeah. She's, she's called my wife. <laughs> Yo, she's going to be like, Yo, what the hell, man? First of all, you lose so much time trying to actually get it right when you're doing it. Mm. But also, I realize like when I'm scrolling, I'm just scrolling other people lip syncing the same thing over yeah. True, and yeah. over again. And then I'm like, ah, oh, that's so funny. And then I like go to the next <laughs> <photo>. <laughs> Like, there is something wrong with that. And then yeah. if you're on TikTok at all at night, it's like all just ASMR, you know, like just oh, a bunch of people. Yeah. I know. Live fortune telling or live ASMR. It's so weird. My friend, she's like, after I'm done with my shift, I just get a glass of wine, get on my couch, <laughs> watch TikTok. And then she's like, oh, my God, eight hours have passed by. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Yeah. I know it. Maybe we should. Do people yeah. do mukbangs live on TikTok? Because I feel like and that they would must. be a winner. Uh, they definitely. That's and if they be. don't, then Michelle, you, <laughs> you, me, and Ben, we're going to do that next time. Yes, I'm down. Okay. Live yes. mukbang. We can eat a lot. We can, we eat. can eat a lot, Michelle, yeah. I can also eat a lot. So. Yes. Oh, Perfect. challenge accepted. Perfect. <laughs> I did a wing contest once, though. That was the worst. Have you ever done a wing eating contest? Oh, it's because it's messy? No, because <laughs> the meat, it's the meat. You <laughs> it's have too to much have meat. Just, yeah, I'm just saying I did like two wings and I was like I'm out <laughs> what? So, what? Wait, wait. I don't believe you when you say you can eat a lot then yeah what do you mean well like? I can but it, it's like you know it makes sense when you can dunk it in water and it dissolves is this like the hot dog eating contest yeah, yeah, where yeah. they're dunking yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. they like just drench it but if it's just a whole vat of wings it's really hard to just take in all that stuff so when we do the mukbang Maybe thing, noodles. we will not do wings. We'll do noodles. Noodles. We're like we'll do lots and lots of noodles. Of like pho or... um, yeah. So I will include the website information down below for our listeners out there. Please, <laughs> yes. please touch base. Michelle has merchandise on the website. Official hashtag very Asian merchandise. Sweet. Unfortunately, she never yes. has my size in stock. Oh, no, really? Every time We're I go on, it's on always that. sold out. What size are you? What size do you want? I'm a very small Asian person. I'm, <laughs> I'm hashtag very Asian small. <laughs> 
but you never have size small in stock. <laughs> Here's the thing. Basically, when we first launched, um, my friend Gia did it. And so it was all print on demand. So that's how we got like, that's how we got thousands of t-shirts out. Like we had to stop. Because we have day jobs and we were like, if we keep this going, we're not going to live. <laughs> we can't do this. And so um, so we just stopped it after seven days. But it was print on demand and that can take longer. It's more expensive. You yeah. Know, all that stuff. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> but then I've learned a lot. Now we're doing uh, drop shipping or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing is that then we sell out really fast. So we sell out on certain sizes. So I don't really understand how that's all working. We just need to find a sustainable solution. Because you clearly have the demand there for it. Mm. Yeah, and in the beginning, so with the print-on-demand option, we were shipping around the world. So our sh- our shirts were showing up in Holland and Germany, Aust- Australia, Korea. That's so cool. And now, you know, and Canada, lots of Canada. Shout out. Now we're just, shout out to Canada. So we got to figure it out. We're just not there yet. And I'm hoping people don't get turned off, you know, turn away before. Yeah. It's too late. Everything feels <laughs> urgent. That's the thing like everything feels like oh, we gotta get this on now then we're just like man i'm tired i got a three-year-old i gotta get to bed so i'll see you in the morning he needs ice cream you hear him in the background can you hear me mama Whoa, where's my ice cream mom i need ice cream it was five oh minutes now <laughs> It's so funny because, you know, you do have passions, right? Like you have passion projects, you have things that you always wish you could do. And then when you get the opportunity to do the things that you wished you could do, it's kind of terrifying. Oh, 100%. Well, how am I supposed yeah. to do that? How am I sp- Oh, man, it's really easy to like set a goal that you're never going to reach. <laughs> you know, it's like really easy to be like, oh, yeah, this is what I would do if I won the lottery. Mm. You know, and then it's like... Then, then you're like, oh, wait, now I have to do this? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. Do you feel overwhelmed? Because there's so much yes. going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Short answer. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much going on, not just with the foundation, but with your personal life. I would never change anything. This all comes at the right time. This all comes, you know, uh, you realize like in the past, like what was a building block? You're like, oh, that was actually preparing me for this moment. I didn't realize it. But at the same time, I think a single person would be much better suited for oh, this ben, you're situation. Single. There we go. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know how you value time so much more as a parent. 100%. When I was single or before kids, I was always like, I don't have enough time. And then when you have kids, you realize you... Uh, you really you have don't time. have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. What the hell was I complaining about before? So the, in the very beginning, I mean, I would go like... This is hard for me because I never go without eating. And in the very beginning, there would like be a whole day where I'd be like, I didn't eat today. What? Because it would just be like, I would sit at my desk. I would try to do all this foundation work, trying to get things moving. I mean, you don't, I don't even, I don't know how to do anything. So I have a lot of support from people in St. Louis and in Minneapolis oh, and Seattle. Nice. But, but at the same time, it's like still kind of like wrangling cats. You must have felt that sense of urgency, at least trying to take advantage of all the momentum that you had behind you. Yeah. And like that makes you want to do things as fast as possible. Right. It does. And like it'll, the day will start out like with a blank canvas and then it'll be like, hey, can you hop on this call? Hey, can, can you set up this interview? And I love it. Like I really am grateful for it and humbled by it. But then I just, I'm like, oh no, I forgot to put that in the calendar. So now I'm done with work. It's like, oh man. So I feel like I'm failing sometimes, 
Michelle, you are not feeling. You're just going with the flow or flowing with the go, right? It's just like ads. I don't think anyone could have handled what happened to you going viral and going viral on this level and then trying to turn that into something positive. Right. Because lots of people go viral, they get their 15 minutes of fame, you know, and then what, two, three weeks later, you have no idea who they are, right? That's true. So it's so good that you're taking advantage of all this and trying to turn it into something positive and something tangible. Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, honestly, I mean, my 15 minutes is up, right? Or it's, I mean, I don't even know how, like, what's happening to me? I don't know. <laughs> She's like, tell what's, me. The, what's the scoop? Like, yo, where, where am I right now? <laughs> where am I? What's the scoop on that Michelle Lee girl? I mean, I, I really don't know because I just live in my bubble, you know? So do you think this is something, I always feel really silly saying movement, but other people say that so now I'm just going with it. But like, do you think this is an actual movement that can sustain itself and be something for people? Yes, most definitely. Okay. There are people that still don't know. And then when mm-hmm. I tell them, they're like, oh, shoot, let me check that out. They're, you know, like that was a really real moment right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think like in your situation with everything that's happened, you're probably the best person to be able to like tackle this kind of situation. And it's been evolving mm-hmm. from when you first started until now. Right. I think oh, the wow. internet has taken your hashtag very Asian and just ran with it. It's such a positive exactly. spin yes. on everything. Yes. The past two years have definitely been very, very shitty. <laughs> Well, very, very shitty. Yeah, make it make it into a shirt. (laughs) Um, But finally, seeing a positive spin on this, and of course, we need to do what we can to stop Asian hate and to stop everything that that's going on. But we can also simultaneously embrace our culture, yeah, and move forward in that fashion. Yes. So yeah, it could be possible that your 15 minutes of fame are over. I mean, you are on the worst Asian podcast right now. (laughs) This is the bottom of the barrel. Sorry, Michelle. We're just scraping at everything at we, this point. We got her. <laughs> I mean, what was the top? Ellen? She's yeah. the top. Okay, she was the top. Was, so, yeah. so if she's the top of the roller coaster, we're like that swing at the bottom. <laughs> we're the oh Get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, God. But, you know, I do love how you can have grief and gratitude in this mm. same. Definitely. On a more serious note, we live in New York City, which Mm -hmm. for better or worse, it gives us access to a lot of things in the Asian American community, but it also puts us in ground zero of stuff that's going on. Very recently, we had the senseless theft of Christina Lee. Yeah. And the sentiment that I'm getting more recently in the past couple of days is one, first, of course, anger and frustration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put this on you, obviously, because I know you don't have all the answers, but I think it's something that's worth discussing right now. To those that feel very defeated and cynical about things that are happening right now is there something that we can tell them to kind of keep them on their feet well you know i to me i think that goes back to the actionable changes right it's so hard because i don't want to say the wrong thing and like say something that's hurtful to our community or hurtful to to people but you know when you look at what happened that person who killed her right like went through the system and the system failed multiple multiple times. And, and that person is ultimately responsible for her death. So I'm not saying that, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is that a hate crime? Do we know it was a hate crime? Um, what part was a mental illness? What part was a a systemic failure and what kind of change can come from that, you know, because it just seems like there are so many things that could have prevented him from being out um, in the world. 
And that didn't happen. But I don't know, like, I don't know the answer. You know, I, I feel like I don't, I want to make sure that I'm not victim blaming. I want to make uh-huh. sure that I'm not hurting our community. I want to make sure that like, you know, everything's investigated properly. Like, yeah, I mean, you could still be a men, you could still have a mental illness and still uh, do a hate crime, you know? So, I mean, I want to make sure that everything's investigated and, and all those things. And then I think, on the other side, like, what can we do as a community to protect ourselves? If the system's not going to protect us, how do we protect ourselves? What does that look like? I'm seeing a lot more, um, and not to say that this was, this is why I want to be careful because I don't want to victim blame, yeah, you know, yeah. like, but like, you know, can we do more to defend us, you know, to defend our community, whether that's um, learning about situ- situational awareness or, um, or resources, Huh, I don't I know, know, you know? Yeah. because it's because it's really hard. Anybody could you should be able to walk in and out of your apartment and not get harmed. Exactly. And that's really the bottom line. But I but I just think that so many things have failed us and I don't know what the answer is. So, you know, it's there hard. is no direct answer to things like this. Some yeah. people push for change and they expect a answer, right? there, one singular answer that's going to solve all our problems. Mm-hmm. But living in the real world, that's never the case, though. Right. Kind of have to tackle everything from all different angles, from a macro level, from a micro level. Right. Yeah. And then from there, we can just hope for the best. Because even if we try our best, that does not always mean you're going to see immediate change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think part of what gets people very cynical sometimes, too is they are proactive and they do things and they see people trying to push things in the right direction. But if they don't see that immediate change, that immediate tangible change, then they get very defeated. But I want to tell our listeners out there that just because you don't see the change in the news or immediate change right away, that does not mean change is not happening on the ground level. Right. Well, news people and newsrooms, I shouldn't say news people, but... They like those things that grab headlines. And it's not because they are jerks necessarily, but they know that people just don't have the attention span. And I'm not trying to blame the viewers either, but I mean, it's just, it's the reality. Like you see shocking video, you know, there's, yeah. there's a reason why during the, um, this is a ratings period. February is a ratings period. Oh, is it? Television. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. February, May, November, uh, July, November are the four big ratings periods where people base all their advertising on who wins the month. Hmm. Which is, that's why you see like uh, stories like, your cereal can kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally, that's why, you know, or it's always like something about teens and drugs. I mean, I just did a teens and drug story last night, so I shouldn't myself. (laughs) But it's always like those bigger pieces because people need to see video off the top. Viewers get distracted. I do think people are into issues and they want to know more. But people always say things like, I'd love to see happy news. I wish that the news had more happy stories. And then you go online and the numbers don't lie because we get like the top numbers, the top clickable stories. And it's always like some woman got decapitated here and some man, uh, the sex crime happened here. It's always like these horrible, horrific stories. And so... News people also know, well, people lie about what they want to see and what they want to do. So you've got to push, if you're really interested, you've got to kind of, how you can kind of change being cynical. Like you can be a part of the process in terms of like finding solutions and then making the media and your community cover those things, you know, because right now, of course, you're going to get the perp walk where, you know, the guy who killed 
Christina is talking to Sifan and he's yeah. like, yes. you know, I didn't kill her or whatever, you know, that's going to be at the top of the newscast, right? Like that's going to be the thing that you see, but like follow up, like how do we follow up with that? And how do we help journalists follow up with that too? Cause journalists are getting thrown everywhere and they're going to get thrown to the next beating or murder or whatever. Um, because that's just how it is. I hate saying that because, because you want journalism to make change too. And they, and there are people who do that. I mean, I, I, there are people who do that and, we do also have to see those incidents too to make change. So it's just difficult. Speaking of change, like just being a journalist, I guess in the past 10 years, 20 years, like so much has changed just how like social media and like how, how you know, how we get our news, just mm -hmm. everything's been changing so fast doing the podcast right now. And mm -hmm. last we checked, right. I just want to make sure last mm -hmm. we checked very Asian podcast was not yet taken. Oh, it's not. Uh, yeah. I don't think it hasn't <laughs> been taken yet since we're just, you know, throwing ideas. <laughs> we're, we're her unofficial, you know, a PR team. Uh, <laughs> have you thought about starting another podcast or maybe rebrand? Well, I thought about doing a listening series. Okay. I am non-committal. I also was going to do a very lazy, very Asian book club. And I could also do a very lazy, very Asian listening series. Sounds <laughs> that sounds very relaxing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, I want to do all those things. But like, um, I also realized if starting out slow would be better so that I'm not disappointing someone like we're going to do a podcast. And then it's like, we're going to do a podcast once a month. You know? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? They just want you to pump out the content. Yeah. Because of the day job situation and the parenting situation and, and then just getting the foundation solid so that we can, you know, go to donors and say, these are our three principles and these are what we need. These are where your dollars go. So we've got to do a lot of back end work, but I think that in reality for people to support the very Asian foundation or movement or whatever, we have to come up with ways that we're going to make, you know, investments in actionable change and get funding. And then also we have to you know, give something to people so that they'll want to come back every day or every week. You know, if we're, if we're just reposting the same people in shirts, which I actually am reposting all of them. So. <laughs> well, not me because I don't have a shirt just yet. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We'll, we'll change that. We'll give that to you. But you know, like the, I just want it to be um, meaningful for people when they come to the account. That's true. We just have to make, we just have to you know, work our way into that. I feel so stressed just listening to you with all the things you have to do. <laughs> I don't know when, why Ben's throwing the podcast idea because you have you enough know, on your plate. Yeah, maybe just more hugs for Michelle. More, yeah. more hugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, journalists do have to, I mean, honestly, well, journalist parents, I mean, you just juggle. That's all you have to do is you just juggle. But um, so let me ask you, so you guys are podcasters, right? Do you consider yourselves citizen journalists? Like, what do you consider yourselves as? <sighs> you, go, you go first. Okay. <laughs> I've always phrased it this way, and this may be a lot of BS, but Ben and I are trying to, in some very weird way through this podcast, reconnect in a deeper level with our Asian heritage, respectively, yeah. Chinese and Korean. Yeah. We call ourselves the the worst Asian podcast because we are the worst, shittiest personifications of an Asian person. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah. That should not stop us from having these discussions, right? Exactly. No one should be gatekeeping exactly. on what we can talk about. And yes. if we have a genuine interest in our culture. Yeah. You know, more importantly is also that like, there's actually something physical there. Like we always joke about not having the facts on this podcast. That's an, on <laughs> that's an ongoing joke between the other two of us. <laughs> the opposite of what a real journalist does. <laughs> right. What we do try to do is we ask these questions and hopefully yes. their interest is piqued. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I would say that that's exactly what a journalist does, though. Does right. it? 
Yeah, because, you know, like for us, like we attribute everything, right? So like I could go to a fire scene, for example. I don't know why I'm, I'm talking about crimes and stuff, but like, or, you know, breaking news. But like you can go to a crime scene, you can go to a fire and someone on one end of the building will see something totally different than someone on the other end of the building. But they're both facts, you know, and as long as you attribute it to the person, um, then that's, then you're covered, right? Like you can't, I think when you do news for so long, you realize that there are so many truths because it's the truth as people know it. And, mm. um, and even when data comes out, like actual numbers or whatever, it's still kind of a guess, you know, like when yeah. you say, for instance, like someone, the city does a homeless count. Well, that doesn't really mean that all the homeless people, all the unhoused people were actually counted. It just means of what they saw. And not only that, but as soon as those numbers are collected and printed and sent out, they're dated yeah. because the, that's changed. what happened last month. So this idea of searching for truth or searching for stories, journalists like to call themselves storytellers. In some ways, I don't like that because I always think of storytellers as people who are just full of BS. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, oh, because, like, you know, you've always got a friend like, well, he can tell some stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but really journalists base themselves in storytelling. And um, and that's what we are. You're the first line of, like, history, really, you know. And so that's what you're doing. So you're – whether you want to call yourself citizen journalists, independent journalists – you know, I Worst think that's Asian exactly podcasters. There you go. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Content creators, all those things. So, I mean, if you want to be a part of the Asian American Journalists Association, that would be good. Oh, <laughs> okay. Thank you. A, Thank you. a little plug. Oh, yeah, a little. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, you know, what you're doing is good work. So, and you're doing work for the, for not just for the community, but for people in New York, people in the, around the world, people in the Asian community, people who want to be better allies, like all those things. So, so don't discredit yourself is what I'm saying. Thank That's you. Good. That's um, good. Yeah. I think we've taken a lot of your time so far. And I know I think you, Thank you so much, by the way. I Michelle. can feel the anxiety that you have. I can like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any... This is so cathartic. This is so good. Like, I really love... Once I get going, I feel like I could talk your ears off for like three hours. And then you'd be like, please stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying that like, oh, like, now. <laughs> One segment that we do on every single podcast, it's called Ranting and Raving. It's yeah. just a lighthearted way for us to end each podcast. We take a couple minutes, each the guest and us, the podcast host, mm -hmm. to rant or rave about any random thing that's happening in your life. It could be completely off topic. It yeah. could be complete BS. It doesn't matter. So I will start things off. And I was hoping maybe later, Michelle, if you think of anything, you can join in too. Okay. I was dropping off both my son and my wife to work this morning. Yeah. Unfortunately, last night, I must have not charged my phone. So I woke up this morning with maybe 16% battery. Oh, shit. Okay. So I, and I had to, of course, immediately leave the house. Uh, okay. You know what I miss? Mm -hmm. I miss the days, and this may be dating myself, but I miss the days when I had a cell phone and I had a separate spare battery, actual oh. battery <laughs> that I could carry in my bag and then yeah. just pop open the back of my phone. and Yeah. Because yeah. I remember going to school and having two, mm -hmm. three batteries. I was never anxious about my phone dying because I could just carry no. extra batteries around. I so miss those days. And I get that technology with waterproofing your phone and yeah. having a phone enclosed, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. It doesn't lead itself to that. But I really wish I could just like pop open up. <laughs> Even if it's double A batteries, I just yeah. want to like pop them into my phone and not have to worry about that. You know, I was thinking about, you know, like how we're all moving into like EV cars now, right? Teslas and all that. Man, imagine you just forgot to charge your car. 
And then you're just kind of like, just dead in the yeah. morning. You're like, I can't go you to can't work. Go anywhere. I know, like, yeah. why not? <laughs> uh, I didn't charge my car. Like my bad boss. <laughs> uh, so to any phone manufacturers out there, please make my dream come true. Please bring back. <laughs> please bring back swappable batteries. <laughs> you got anything, bud? I don't have a rant, but I do have a rave. I want to say. Mm. Michelle, I saw some of like your wedding photos and stuff, and you're in the humble thing. Oh, yeah. And I noticed, correct me if I'm wrong, but like your husband, he had to do uh-huh. all that stuff. Uh-huh. I have an aunt and uncle. My uncle's German and my aunt is Korean. Mm-hmm. When they got married and stuff, they have pictures of like, you know, the traditional Hamburg dresses and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, it's so funny. Like, yeah, I, I know that. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. It's so funny because, you know, they're so bright, right? Like, yeah, they mm, they it's are. like bright pink and bright blue. And also my sister, because she ordered mine and she was living in Korea at the time. She ordered, she must have ordered like a 3XL. And so like, I, you know, like they're, I showed up baggy. in Korea. They're baggy. <laughs> I mean, they're baggy, but mine was like extra baggy. And I was like, I was like, how big does she think I am? Oh my know, God. People Yo, have like such a... <laughs> all Korean people have this way of telling you you're overweight, you know, Yo, or that's just like not insult. That's my dad all day. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I came out of the room in this, you know, big pink and blue thing, and I was like, oh, oh. And I looked at my husband, I go, does this look stupid? He goes, does it matter? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter because you know, we're in it. Yeah, you're in it. You didn't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it is what it is. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was really cool seeing that. I was like, oh, snap. That's what's up, man. Like, just seeing like him, like, yo, I, I love her. I'll do it. Let's do it, yo. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, he loved it. You know what? If you're a white guy in Korea, I mean, how do you not love your life? Because everyone right? like comes up to you, talks about your milky white skin, how tall you are. <laughs> oh, that so is so true. Like, yes, the height thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have facial hair? Well, can I touch it? <laughs> <laughs> They're so like, oh, you like spicy? I'm like, oh my God, what? Yes. He, <laughs> you oh, know, man. I had all my all my aunts, like all my all my aunts trying to feed my husband. I was like, you're that's just so funny. That's, that's hilarious. I remember, yo, you're the one that pointed out, you're like, yo, you know what I love about Korean food? Well, it's like, yo, you guys have such long ass spoons. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that and is I, true. And, and I never and I never thought about it because I was like, that's just what I thought is a spoon. Yeah. Until yeah. you I was like, oh shit, you're right. Dude, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Everything you know? is relative because you are used to these long spoons in your Korean household. But exactly. When I get it, I'm so amazed this thing can reach across the table yeah, exactly. for all the banchan. He's like, is this a ladle? No, yeah. that's your individual spoon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got those spoons in our house. I love. I use them for everything. I don't even use my regular spoons. There you go. Perfect. Those are my regular spoons. Do you have anything that you want to rant and rave about, Michelle, and that don't want to put you on spot? Well, I was thinking, like, what would I rant about? Because I'm still really upset about the pandemic, mm-hmm. and I don't. And I'm really upset, <laughs> like, my son, which we have, you know, three year olds who cannot get out in the world. Like, oh. no one, no one is talking about. I mean, they are talking about it, but it seems like it's just like muffled. No one is talking about the fact that parents with young kids, four and younger, are just totally uh, held hostage oh. by their children. Good term. Their, yeah, and their preschools. Like, you know, like my son's in quarantine, but I'm not in quarantine. So uh, my job's like this. You got to come to work. And I'm yeah, like, well, who's uh, going to watch my kid? You know, um, it's just stuff like that. And it's like, I really wish that he could get a vaccine so that we could just go travel or mm-hmm. something. Maybe Everything is like, yeah. we don't go to restaurants. We don't do anything. And I'm just... I mean, I'm I'm here for it because it's like what it you know it's what it is. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, 
<laughs> You're like, let me out of this prison. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get out. I just want to do things. Because after two years, it's like, this is, this is enough. So I don't want, I don't want to come across as like, you know, a weirdo. I'm just saying, I'm ready. It's I'm true. Ready. You're not it's, the only one. No. You're not true. the only yeah. one on that. Because I have uh, paranoia too about. You're really good about like making I've been sure. Lucky. You've been not really good. to dodge it so far. My whole um, yeah. immediate family has, but I feel mm-hmm. you because. Yeah. We don't know what these lasting consequences of a young boy who needs to go out there and socialize and yes. not getting the chance to do that. We don't know what the long-term effects of that are. Yeah, you're right, man. You know, so we have yeah. to like find that balance and just uh, it's it's so hard with a young young kid these days. Yeah. I think but I think it's going to get better though. It looks like it. I'm not going to not going to. Yeah, I know. Michelle, it was such an honor talking to you today. We are yes. so excited that you were able to find the time from your busy schedule for us. Once again, Michelle's foundation, the Very Asian Foundation, I will have all the information down below. If you are looking to volunteer for a very good cause, be sure to do so. Check out the website. She'll have all the information there in case there's any more information in the future. If you're listening to this episode past the beginning of 2022, I will stay in contact with, with Michelle in case there's any updated websites, in case you've changed and you've gotten the guy who has the <laughs> very Asian, no, no dash. That's right. We're going to find that no guy. No dash, no slash, nothing. I will keep all the information down below up to date so you can always check it out no matter when you're listening to this episode. Is there any place where people on the internet can cyberstalk you? Oh, just on social media. What's your handle on uh, social media? Uh, at Michelle Lee TV. Perfect. That's where I am on basically everything. Perfect. Can't forget it. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to mention before we uh, wrap this up? No, I just really appreciate your interest and the time. I, re- I had such a good time. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving <gasps> yeah, us Yeah, for time. all. This was really fun. Oh, thank you. We had thank such you. a blast. Thank you so much. If you ever come to St. Louis, look me up. Oh, no. definitely. You probably won't, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Go Cardinals. That's right. That's right, yo. That's right. I'll drop off my son to you, and then I'll fly back to New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. That'll be good I to go. That. She's going to feed him ice cream. So, yeah. yeah. Got you, yo. I've got ice cream. I've got ice cream on tap. So, <laughs> your son is adorable. I've seen him on the on your Instagram, Oh, right? thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah super cute. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I will include all of Michelle and her foundation's information down in the description box. Be sure you check out her foundation. You see what she's about. Uh, if you're curious what uh, me and Ben are about and what we're doing on a daily basis, you can follow us on all our socials at the same exact handle, Worst Asian Pod. That's Worst Asian Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, every single thing. Mm-hmm. We are most active on Instagram, I would say, right? Definitely mostly on Instagram, yeah. You can pretty much track what we're doing and the announcements that we have to do behind the scene footage. Definitely. In case you're curious what our faces look like. Right. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode on Thursday. Same as every single week. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. Until then, everybody, stay safe. Goodbye. See ya. The first cup of coffee, it was awful. Meet Rod Johnson, co-founder of Black & Bold, a premium specialty coffee and tea company powered by Shopify. The journey of Black & Bold started with us opening our online Shopify store while we were burning beans in my business partner's garage. Shopify allows us to stay true to our mission by having an easily customizable and responsive site that make it very easy for novices to try their hand in becoming entrepreneurs. I was able to do it without any technical background, and I'm very grateful for Shopify. My advice to anyone thinking of starting a business is to just start selling on Shopify today. 
When you're ready to share your business with the world, grow it on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform trusted by millions of businesses like Black & Bold. Get a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free22 and start selling wherever your customers are with easy-to-use tools and friendly 24-7 support. Go to shopify.com slash free22 right now. Shopify.com slash free22. 